right, folks, this is Steve Fletcher of Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve, the podcast and radio show based right here in sunny Charleston, South Carolina. We're coming at you not live uh, on this particular program. You're used to us usually in the OM 96.3 FM studio on Meeting Street in Charleston, South Carolina. But today we have the privilege and fortune of being here on site recording for your listening pleasure at Wine and Food 2023. So we are, of course, at Riverfront Park in North Charleston, South Carolina. It is a beautiful, beautiful day here in North Charleston, and there are hundreds and hundreds of people. We are in the pod cafe right in the center of the action. I have corralled two of my friends into the pod cafe. Against their will, they'll be talking to us, making sure the levels are right making sure we're, we're all good on the ones and twos. I want to learn from them, from the horse's mouth, what they've been loving and digging and enjoying here at Riverfront Park today at Wine and Food. I want them to introduce themselves, make sure their levels are right, make sure they're feeling it, make sure the juices are flowing. Um, tell me uh, a little bit about each of you, and please introduce yourselves, and please tell me what you most recently ate or drank and where you got it here on site at Wine and Food. Well, we just drank Don Julio uh, last, which was delicious. A little bit sweet for me. Don Julio, okay. Um, and then what did we eat last? We ate a lovely biscuit from Callie's Hot Biscuits. We did have a biscuit, which cheese. was absolutely amazing. Love the it. Pimento Ca- cheese was perfect. Callie's Hot Little Biscuit. Carrie Mori, the owner, she just spoke at our Good Business Summit. Fantastic local business. Your name is Meredith. My name is Mike. My name is Meredith. This is Mike. We are thoroughly enjoying ourselves because we are without our children. Amazing, yes. So Best Meredith and Mike, they are locals, and it sounds like they are imbibing and libating and eating locally headquartered food from locally headquartered businesses. That's awesome. Callie's Hot Little Biscuit, they mentioned. They live right here in town, right in Park Circle. They're my neighbors in many ways. So it's exciting for you all to be able to just kind of head down the street either ride your bike or take an Uber or drive, and suddenly you're here liberated from the children for a nice sunny day in Charleston, eating and drinking uh, some delicious food for the one low price of whatever the heck y'all paid. But this is such a cool environment, such a cool opportunity to have right in our backyards. Did y'all come last year to Wine and Food? No, first year, first year. COVID interrupted everything, then kids, and uh, now here we are. uh, Just checking it out, vibing. Don Julio, chicken and waffles. What time did y'all get here this morning? Early. Okay. Early. This one over here. Like, like we have young kids early. Yes. Like, like, yes, like gotta plan ahead. We gotta have get a history of showing up to movies like like before the previous movie has even ended. And, <laughs> nice. and then we just have to sit and wait. So you know we showed up here early and we're just waiting. Just waiting in line. What was the first thing you ate and or drank here uh, at Riverfront? Uh, we ate a... Oh, we ate the, the walking taco burger yes, from Verde. Yes, Verde. Local the food. Love it. Mike's closer to your... Oh. Yeah, Verde. <laughs> Verde, nice. Nice local business. The, the walking taco burger from Verde. Delicious. And then, and then... The walking... Hold on. The walking taco burger? Yeah. It was like... Walk, walk, walk me through what the heck this is. Sounds good. Okay, have you ever had, like, a Frito pie? Have not, have heard about it? Yeah. Is this a Californian thing? I don't think so. I actually think it's a Southern thing. 
Well, I'm from New Jersey, so I shouldn't even be in this booth right now representing something called Low Country Local First. But walk me through a Frito pie. Sounds like it's the part of the etymology. Okay, so like Frito pie is like they take a bag of Fritos, they cut it open, and so then and then they pour like chili and cheese on top. So you like eat it out of the bag. And so Verde here, local spot. Wait, a Frito pie is something scooped out of a bag? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like some real. It sounds more like a Frito stew, but uh, yeah. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty. Okay, like, uh, you've got me. Continue. Gas station, on the go, like, give me a Frito pie. Anyway, so we hear Verde, local spot, local heads know. Yeah, Jennifer Verde's Furby, the, the owner. That's right. So they did the same concept, like, cut a bag open, and then they did, like, a mixed, like, black bean vegan burger Ooh. mashed with, like, chips and cheese, vegan cheese. So it was, like, a, a mixed taco situation in a bag and we ate that and then on the opposite side of the spectrum and totally not local i had a modello seltzer <laughs> was and was that the accompaniment no oh that was, it just was later the on. shortest line <laughs> got it well listen the lines speaking of lines i i don't think i've ever seen riverfront park this packed and i've been to events like high water i've actually been to events with, like high water with the gentleman sitting across from me right now mike and i were uh we're uh, gracing high water with our presence, if we may be so bold. This was last year, a phenomenal event run by Carrie Ann Hurst and her husband of Shovels and Rope. Really great opportunity to check out these grounds, listen to some great regional, local, national acts. Um, you enjoyed yourself at high water, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Shout out Jack White. So that was packed, but this is even more packed, I'll say. Well, Jack White, I think, was at Riverfront Revival. He's getting his he's getting his uh, he's getting his signals crossed. Listen, he uh, he he had so many modellos and Frito pies that it's easy to mistake in one uh, one event for another. But here we are, at wine and food. There's no mistaking where we are right now because it is so packed, it is so vibrant. There's so much energy. We've got good friends, family around, like Meredith and Mike, and we appreciate them stepping into the studio to tell us a little bit about their day and how they're interfacing with all of the culinary and libative options here today. And uh, we appreciate everyone in the pod cafe for listening to us as we speak, because uh, the fact that this uh, audio journey is not just being recorded, but it's being amplified in real time to an unwilling and captive audience within a 30-foot radius was not something that was necessarily made obvious to me beforehand. So uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, I do want to make sure that we uh, give our guests here, our gracious guests, who speaking of not knowing they were going to be a part of something, did not know they were going to be a part of this particular Small Talks Big Ideas episode on site from Wine and Food. Want to give them one last opportunity to uh, kind of wrap up for us what has been the uh, the best part of their day at Wine and Food 2023. We're going to let them each uh, explain and describe for us kind of what they have enjoyed the most here at uh, 2023's Wine and Food, and then we will let them go and leave the studio. So first up, uh, Meredith. Okay, I enjoy being away from my children the most. (laughs) Luckily, your children are too young to listen to podcasts, so their hearts will not break until many years later when they listen to this episode. But fair enough, uh, uh, who doesn't like the opportunity to sort of get away from the the usual, the daily grind, uh, and just kind of let your hair down as a couple of young parents. So I think it's a great way to spend that time. Thank you, Meredith. Mike, best part of the day. We love our children, first of all. <laughs> Best of part of the day is just like the weather, the people, the vibes. Charleston's a lovely town. Get to see so many friends. 
get to broadcast, advertise my beeper business, mikesbeepers.com. Check me out, 80s nostalgia gear for your life, practical and also stylish. Thank you. You heard here first. Check out mikesbeepers.com. We do appreciate Mike and Meredith being here in the studio to talk a little bit about Charleston Wine and Food 2023. If you are listening to us right now, this is Small Talks, Big Ideas. We are up for a Best Local Radio Show Award at Charleston City Papers Best of Awards. You know them well. They're the annual awards here in Charleston, South Carolina. If you haven't voted for Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve yet, please pull out your phone and Google Charleston City Paper Best of Awards. Vote for us. We're under the best local radio show category. And I would argue we've just made our best local, our, our eligible best local radio show just a little bit better after this chat with locals, Meredith and Mike Simmons. Meredith and Mike, thank you both so much for letting me uh, corral you into the pod cafe on your way out the door. But appreciated learning a little bit more about the radio show through both of your eyes. A little bit more about the, the day, rather, through both of your eyes. Uh, and if anyone else is listening, we're about to take a pause here at the Pod Cafe. But uh, if you are listening, and I can see a few of you looking at me with scowls and furrowed brows, uh, we would really appreciate you if you've got some connection to wine, food, or the restaurant business here in Charleston or farther afield. Come check us out. My name's Steve Fletcher. I'm raising my hand. I'm in the bizarre kind of white, black, kind of anarchy bird t-shirt. No, it is not a punk rock band from the 90s. It is just something I found at Community Thrift in North Charleston. Come see me. would love to chat with you. Again, my name is Steve. Uh, doing this until 5 p.m. Thank you so much for listening. one two all right we are back with small talks big ideas with steve we've got scott here from estuary brewing uh we are super excited to dig into his story scott would you mind introducing yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your brewery yep um scott harrison i'm the founder of estuary um also a founder of Vail brewing company out in colorado um so we have a couple locations uh i'm a charleston local i've uh, been here and uh, moved away to Virginia during high school, but yeah, I came back about six years ago after a career in the military. So yeah, glad to be back. Love it. So you grew up where in Charleston? Uh, James Island and uh, okay. Holly Beach. Yeah. And then you headed out to Colorado, presumably for a bit, opened up a brewery out there. How did you get into brewing beer? Um, well, that's, that's actually a long story. Um, it, uh, it basically came down to, I was in the military for a career and, um, and I was stuck in Iraq on the Iranian border, and we didn't. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it's a long story, but we uh, we didn't have beer. We weren't allowed to have any alcohol in country, so we uh, we snuck some some our ability to brew beer in country, and and that was the first time I brewed beer. And so, oh wow! Yeah, we did that. Um, that was around 2006, and that was my first introduction to to craft beer. It didn't turn out well at all, but it was really cool process and to, to be able to have like a small victory in a place like that. It was really yeah, neat. seriously. Bring it yeah. closer. Okay. Wow, that's phenomenal. So you kind of learned to brew beer, got used to brewing beer, kind of familiarized yourself with the process, sort of at a necessity while you were serving our country abroad, looking for a way to 
kind of have access to, you know, uh, uh, something we'll say inebriative and convivial to be able to enjoy with fellow soldiers, right? Yeah, that was it, yeah. Um, and so what was your first moment, your aha moment, where you said, dang, I'm not too bad at this thing, and what was the type of beer that you sipped on and thought, well, you know what, I may have a future at brewing beer? Uh, well, that came several years later. Okay, so ju- let's jump forward several years okay. later. We've only got 15 minutes for what I guarantee you over the course of a few hours would be a fantastic story <laughs> and arc, but uh, we want to dig as deeply as we can in, in just 10, 15, or 20 minutes into Scott from Estuary Brewing's story. So, Scott, flash forward a couple years to when you realize, dang, I'm not too bad at this brewing thing. I really like beer and making it, and I think I could actually make a business out of this. Yeah, okay. Um, well, it all, it came down to, it, it started in Iraq and it kind of, that's, that's where it ended. Um, okay. I, uh, I got hurt, uh, during a mission and I was sent to Vail, Colorado for surgery. And, um, and during that, that process, when I was there for surgery and recovery, I, uh, I met a mutual friend who had been brewing beer for a long time. Okay. Um, and so, uh, through that friendship, we decided to, to open a brewery in, in Vail, Colorado, uh, which we have a couple locations now out there, uh, soon to be a third. And, and when was uh, that, like 2010? That was uh, 2014, I think we okay. started. Okay, 2014. Yeah. So uh, that we quickly became a pretty popular brewery. Uh, what sort of beer did you brew at that time? I'm sorry? What sort of beer did you brew at that time? Uh, everything. I mean, when we first opened up that, uh, that brewery, it was, uh, you know, West Coast IPAs uh, were okay. really popular. Um, and then the next evolution was the hazy IPAs, the New England IPAs. And right. Everyone started doing it. All right, some um, of the juicier IPAs, I'd right. imagine, eventually, yeah. right? We, we, didn't have, uh, we didn't have many tanks, so we, we weren't able to do a lot of lagers at first. So okay. We, uh, we did Kolsch, would be our, our lightest beer. Okay. Um, and for really for our listeners who don't understand why that would be, is it because, and, and my understanding is limited as well, but is it because loggers take a longer time in those bright tanks do, to yeah, do what it, they need it, to do? It's a longer, longer logger in time. And, um, and so we didn't have that ability, so we had to uh, brew stuff that we can get out pretty quick. Um, it's, we were really busy, and uh, we kind of really bootstrapped that company uh, from the beginning. Scott, tell me what sets Estuary Brewing apart. So you started out uh, kind of brewing beer while you were serving abroad. You unfortunately got injured, found a way to make your way back to beer by opening up a couple breweries in Colorado. And then you eventually made your way back home. You're from the East Coast. You're from James Island, which is just basically down the street over the river and through the woods from where we are right now in Riverfront Park, North Charleston. Um, I want to know uh, what you're feeling about today. Like, how did you get synced up with Charleston Wine and Food? And, uh, again, what sets estuary beers apart from other beers out there? I know the brewery space can be pretty crowded right now, so everyone sort of focuses on their own little thing to a degree. What do you all do really well? Right. um, I think really what sets us apart is our team. Uh, We have uh, the experience that we have in our team in the craft beer industry uh, sets us apart. Uh, you know, combined experience, hundreds of years. Um, our head brewer, uh, he went to UC Davis, um, and he was in school to be a dentist and decided he wanted to brew beer. Classic. Yeah, so he he has time with uh, Deschutes Brewery, uh, which is, uh, you know, a flagship craft brewery, uh, fresh squeezed IPA, if you've ever had that. 
that was one of the OG West Coast IPAs. Oh, that, wow, okay. That, in the craft beer industry that people really loved. Um, so he's got quite the pedigree. Uh, yeah, he is so educated, so talented. Um, and, uh, you know, to have a, a, a brewer like that uh, is, uh, we, we, yeah, we feel really special for that. Uh, yeah, we also, you know, within our team, uh, we, we have our uh, operational manager that has spent time with uh, Revelry Service Brewing Company. Um, his name's Christian Edwards, and he's a well-known local around the area. Awesome. Uh, just, you know, the personalities that we have, I think is really what sets us apart, and that's what makes our beer so great. Like, the passion and the love that goes into our, our craft products. Love it. Is, it sets us apart. We, and we also do uh, coffee. We roast coffee at our Oh, very cool. Very cool. How long have you been doing coffee? Uh, that's a new thing. We've uh, been doing coffee for a couple years. You ever mix the coffee in with the beer? I'm sorry? You ever mix the coffee in with the beer? Or are you doing yeah, like yeah, a coffee stout yeah. or porter? We we try like once a month uh, to do a specialty uh, coffee beer. So we've, we've ranged from uh, coffee ambers to the coffee stouts. And uh, so we're really playing around with the recipes, and they've all turned out really phenomenal. If you're uh, tuning in right now, this is 96.3 Ohm FM's show, Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve, brought to you by local economic development nonprofit, Low Country Local First. But, of course, we're also being amplified in real time to some of the folks in the Pod Cafe here at Charleston Wine and Food 2023. We're chatting over the course of the next hour and a half with folks who have a local food and beverage businesses, consumer packaged good businesses, and of course, in the case of the gentleman in front of me right now, who I met only moments ago, Scott from Estuary Brewing, breweries as well. So we're super fortunate to be chatting with Scott. I've only got a few more minutes of his time because he's wheeling and dealing and selling beer over at his vendor's booth. Um, but I want to find out from you, Scott, before I let you go, a couple more questions. One is, is there a tasting room or a brew pub or somewhere physical where people can actually show up on John's Island and grab one of your delicious beers? Yep, uh, we, actually, we have a, uh, a really nice space. Um, it's two stories. We brew all the beer and roast all the coffee there. And the, our, our patio um, is one of the best in Charleston. So uh, we're, we're not located right on the highway, so it's really quiet. People can come enjoy the space. Oh, nice. And uh, we're co-located with Charleston Distilling Company. So you can come to our location. Oh, very cool. Walk you know, right across the uh, the parking lot to the distillery and kind of bounce back and forth. So it's a destination location. So if Estuary isn't packing enough punch, they can walk a few steps away and get a little, like, floater from Charleston to Silling Cup. And I'm, I'm not condoning that. I'm just saying it sounds like that would be a physically possible avenue for someone looking to have a good time out on John's Island at Estuary Brewing. You've been around for about two years, you said? Yeah. Look, you started the coffee operation recently. Now, are you roasting the beans on site? We are. We're roasting all the beans. Oh, that's awesome. So where can someone pick up some of your beans? Uh, right now we're on, in some of these small, like, craft mom-and-pop uh, stores around Charleston. Okay. In our tasting room, we sell our full lineup. And, okay. Uh, and, and it's we, we sell hundreds of bags a week. So we it's, it's really become really popular. And are you in any local restaurants yet um, or, or cafes? We, we do have a few in, uh, in downtown Charleston. Okay. Yeah, but um, I would have to get the list to you. <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing Estuary out more. I know I've heard of you. Look forward to you, to, uh, to you increasingly becoming more of a household name here locally. It's awesome that I feel like the fact that you're doing beer as well as coffee, um, you know, though they're both beverages, and I can sort of understand immediately some 
uh, sort of uh, natural synergies between the two. They are two very different uh, sort of pursuits. Not everyone who has a brewery also roasts coffee and vice versa. Not everyone in the coffee world decides, hey, I'm also going to ferment some beer and sell that. So I think it really, uh, it, you know, it, 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 it shines a light on the sort of thing that we're celebrating at something like Charleston Wine and Food, which is these are individuals, entrepreneurs, organizations, movements that understand the importance of uh, seeing how many different places you may slot in when it comes to the local food and bev landscape. So I'm looking forward to drinking more of your beer and drinking more of your coffee. What are you working on before I let you go, Scott, right now that people should keep their ear to the ground on when it comes to either your coffee or your beer? Is there a particular roast or a particular brew that you're getting excited about and you're ready to unveil and unleash on the masses? Yep, that's a, that's a great question. So. Uh, some things just happened on accident, and uh, and we were playing around at the brewery one day, and uh, and we make a homemade lime seltzer, um, and we uh, we mix that with our it's our noche de mar, which is our Mexican lager, sal lager, and uh, and it became like a really popular drink at the brewery, um, and so now like now we've decided to can it and push it out to the market. Oh, so, very cool. Yeah, within uh, two weeks from now, you're going to start seeing it in uh, the major grocery store chains. Awesome. Charleston. Oh, that's so, phenomenal. That's like a 12-ounce can? It's Lima. It's called Lima de Noche. And how do you come up with the artwork for those cans and the wraps? Uh, we, we have uh, some friends in Central America that they, they take our art that we, you know, sketch out on a piece of paper. Oh, cool. And, uh, and they, they take it from there and create some really cool designs. Oh, that's awesome. They're, they're I feel like the talented. artwork is so crucial to the character and personality of a brewery. Right. Um, that's really awesome. Before I let you go, I swear it's the last question. Um, you mentioned Revelry before. I know you're a local guy. It's very obvious to me you are intentionally embedded in the local food and bev scene and the local beverage and food ecosystem here in Charleston, South Carolina and the uh, Tri-County area. Coming from Johns Island, Estuary Brewing is something I definitely want to check out. What do you think it is about this area, this region, this town, this county um, I mean, you look around and there are folks from all different walks of life, all different organizations, all different breweries and restaurants and, and stores and consumer packaged good businesses, and they're all having a good time together. They're sort of able to hang out, work alongside one another, smile, become friends. What is it that is so um, synergistic and supportive and interconnected about this local food and bev scene in Charleston? Is there some magic secret sauce that makes it so supportive here? When I think about breweries here, it's like, and maybe this is just a characteristic of breweries in general, but it is not necessarily about how can I box out the other guy or gal. It's about how can we work together? How can we come up with a really cool partnership? And I ship some of my beans over to them and they do something cool with it and they ship something over to me or maybe I come up with some artwork for them or they help me out in some way, shape or form. Like, what do you think makes it such a great place that is just ripe for partnerships? Um, it's the low, the low country feel. Uh, mm. This is a, uh, we have a, a small city with a, uh, a big city feel and, yeah. and everyone here likes to collaborate. That's what I've noticed about Charleston. Uh, we're, we're all kind of here as a small town supporting each other. Um, and we know at the end of the day, if we do that, we're gonna come away with a much better product together. Love it, man. So uh, what's on the horizon for Estuary? Uh, well, we are, 
uh, working on another location. Um, our goal is to have a location in Brazil. Second location, one in Brazil. In Brazil, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, You've obviously got like a Latin American connection. You're shipping down some of your original artwork down there. You're thinking about a second location in Brazil. What's is there a is there a larger like South American connection for you and for the brewery? Yeah. Um, so. A part of our company that we focus in is on collaborations, um, and that is inside the industry and outside the industry. Uh, one of our uh, our main partnership is with a Kitan company, um, a water sports company called Cabrina, and uh, together with them, we cre we created a nonprofit project. Uh, it's called the Drifter Project, which we get uh, people that are dealing with physical disadvantages out on the water, and uh, as a rehabilitation uh, and introduce them to, to water sports. So we've been doing that for a couple years now, and uh, and we created a beer called the Drifter that we help um, we help fund the project with. But we no one gets paid for the project, so it's all volunteer based, and we use all the money to to help uh, get the people there and get the instructors there to help teach. And and these are like world class athletes that are coming and helping us run the program between the company and Cabrina. So it's a really cool. Um, I mean, it's. One of the things I'm most proud about is, is that aspect of our business. And, uh, and from that partnership with Cabrina, um, that has opened up the doors to many places around the world, uh, especially Kitan locations and destinations that, uh, that we are becoming known in and people want the beer. Well, you heard it here first, Scott from, uh, from Estuary. He's the founder. He is, uh, he is the owner of a fantastic local Johns Island-based brewery. He's a community-focused guy. He's a collaboratively-focused guy. Um, looking forward to future partnerships between Estuary and other breweries, other companies here and farther afield, South America and beyond. Super lucky to have folks like Scott here in Charleston making their way back home, opening up fantastic food and beverage businesses Estuary is based right on Johns Island. I highly recommend you go and check it out. And where can they find Estuary exactly, online and offline? You're on Johns Island. We know that. But what's the website? What's the social media? Just Google it. Yeah, Google. Yes, yeah, one way we all do it. Um, <laughs> but estuaryco.com uh, is our website domain. Okay. And then uh, estuary underscore underscore co is for our Instagram. So The, the double underscore. Love it. Yeah, double underscore. Someone took the one underscore already, so we had to, we had to add the second one. <laughs> Someone else will have to do the triple underscore. Yeah. All right, man, Scott from Estuary Brewing, thanks so much for giving us 10, 15, 20 minutes of your time, whatever it's been. Good luck to you. Good luck to the brewery. Look forward to grabbing some of your beer once you come up with a non-alcoholic variety because, yes, yeah. don't uh, castrate me or, or, ca or chast chastise me. I don't drink uh, alcohol currently. But I hear and smell good things on your horizon, and I know that people are crazy about your beer, and we're just loving local beer here today. There's tons of stands, tons of vendors. You're listening to Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve uh, on 96.3 Ohm FM based on Meeting Street, and of course, Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve is the show up for local radio show, Best Of on Charleston City Paper Best Of Awards. Thank you for being with us, and I will uh, I will leave your ear holes for the time being, but thank you for being here at the Pod Cafe, and Scott, thank you for being here talking with me a little bit about your brewery. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
How's it going, folks? This is Steve Fletcher from Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve. Welcome to the Pod Cafe. We're chatting with folks of all different stripes here today about their food business, their restaurant, their brewery, their winery. Uh, we've got a bunch of interesting people we've been talking with. We've got a couple on deck. I'm looking forward to speaking with Jai Jones. You know him, you love him, of t- from 12 South, which is a local Apple-certified digital accessories company. That's what he does by day, but by night, he's actually a local food influencer. He's making his way, ebbing and flowing with the crowd, just sent to my location. He's finding the Pod Cafe, but if you're here right now with us, you've found the Pod Cafe. Thank you for uh, enduring the amplified uh, audio journey that I'm taking you on right now. For right now, it's one-sided, but eventually we're going to get our guests in here. Then after Jai, we're going to have Tana Duke from the Genuine Ranch Company, an awesome local ranch dressing company. If you're from the South, you know you can pretty much throw ranch on just about anything. So looking forward to chatting with Tana a little bit. But thank you all for being here. I am with Low Country Local First. I am here to remind you that as you take your culinary and drink journey today, wherever that may take you, be sure to make sure that you're also drinking, patronizing, eating locally sourced, local independent foods. There is no dearth of options here today with local food. There's tons of local food. I think Wine and Food has done a phenomenal job this year and every year of really making sure that you know exactly where your food is coming from. They've got a town or a city and a state on every sign. So make sure that you go patronize the businesses, the farmers, the food, the wineries, the breweries that uh, you find most important to patronize. Maybe that's hopefully uh, a little bit because they are based here in town. We've got no shortage of options. Again, you're listening to Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve. We're on 96.3 Ohm FM or your podcast streamer of choice. I'm sure you know Ohm if you're from right here in Charleston. If you're not, I'll give you a little briefer. Ohm FM is an incredible radio station we're super lucky to have. They're based right here on sunny Meeting Street, Charleston, South Carolina. Ohm is community-powered, community-oriented, commercial-free radio, not unlike a local independent radio station that you might find at a community college. And, of course, we interview folks from the area, whether they're business leaders or artists or creatives, On this particular show, which happens to be nominated for Best Local Radio Show right now for Charleston City Paper, and as an aside, I ask you all to please cast your vote for Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve. If I'm not uh, ruining your afternoon too much, would appreciate it. You can vote until March 8th. But in addition to speaking with artists and creatives and community leaders, we also speak with local independent business leaders. And so that also extends to restaurateurs and owners of breweries and founders of Local wineries, there aren't many, but there's a few. If you want to learn who they are or what they are or where they're located, come see me. Again, in many ways, I'm just killing time right now while I wait for my next couple guests to get in here. I'm kind of in this bizarre terrarium-like environment. Occasionally, people are looking over at me as if I'm uh, sort of destroying their day, so I do apologize. I hope you're learning a little something. I will say to the folks out there who are kind of in this greenhouse with me, I'm sort of in a greenhouse within a greenhouse. If you are standing just outside these plasticine walls, I'd love for you all to come on in, actually. Uh, I'm waiting for my next guest at 420. But if you want to say a word or two on the mic, this will be on 96.3 Ohm FM. It'll also be on Small Talk's Big Ideas with Steve, which is LLF's official local podcast. 
We've got a taker. Now, this gentleman making his way into the terrarium has not been vetted in any way, shape, or form, but he is wearing a flamingo shirt, so I think that's, uh, that's about all we need to know. And, uh, sir, if you'd like to introduce yourself, I'd appreciate it. This is a gentleman who has joined me on the official podcast couch, and we're talking with uh, folks who have found themselves here at Wine and Food, and they got a little something to say. I want to learn about from the mouths of patrons and attendees why they're here at Charleston Wine and Food 2023, what their favorite part of the day is. But let's take a step back and let's first introduce ourselves. So, sir, what's your name, where are you from, and why are you here today? Name is Vinny. I'm from James Island, South Carolina, right here in Charleston. Is that not? Oh, there you go. Vinny from Charleston, South Carolina, James Island. All right, Vinny, what brought you here today to Charleston Wine and Food? My, my wife drove me right there. She's uh, taking videos. Okay, so you're, you're, you're being very literal about it. Yeah, what brought you brought here, here. Whom, who brought you here was your wife. Thank you to the wife. Um, and so what, what, what uh, inspired you to carve out some time today to be part of here? Obviously the wine and the food. Uh, what have you enjoyed so much about the day so far? What's been the, kind of the standout experience thus far? I mean, you, you, hit, you said food and you said wine. What's the best food you've had? There was like a bread with honey on it. It was pretty good. I say no more. Bread with pretty much anything sounds pretty delicious to me. Love me some carbs. <laughs> and drink-wise, what about drink-wise? You, you have not just a flamingo shirt on, but also a hot pink set of sunglasses. So I'm assuming that libations were uh, some part of the equation today, but I don't want to be too presumptuous. So let me know what was your favorite libative experience on this fine, sunny Charleston day. That smoky margarita was pretty good. Ooh, smoky margarita. That sounds phenomenal. Who did that? Do you know? I don't remember. All right, Smoky Margarita. <laughs> you, you heard it here, folks. If you're milling about the pod cafe, or maybe you're listening to Ohm 96.3 after the fact, and in which case you won't be able to check out the Smoky Margarita, but if you're lucky enough to be here with us right now, there's a Smoky Margarita somewhere. Um, Vinny from James belly. Island can't give you much information as to where the Smoky Margarita is. It's in my is. belly. It's in his belly. I'd recommend you go find it from the source uh, rather than Vinny's belly. But, Vinny, pleasure talking with you. Hang out for a minute. We'll get back to you. Uh, the, are the other folks here uh, interested in chatting? Those mics are not on, but this microphone is. I'll pass it around. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about why Vinny's stepping out of the terrarium. And by terrarium, I mean sort of the four-walled plasticine Petri dish that they've put us in for the pod cafe where we're talking a little bit about why we're here, what we're doing. Uh, we have one more victim who would like to chat with us about uh, why she is here at Wine and Food. Would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what has brought you here and what maybe some of the standout experiences for you have been thus far at 2023 Wine and Food? Of course. Well, my name is Christina. Christina, welcome. This is Audrey. Hey, what's up? What's going on, Audrey? Christina and Audrey, did you all come together? Yes, we did. We came here for counterculture. So we've been working right over there. You work at the counterculture booth. Okay. Yeah, so I'm local here in Charleston, South Carolina. Awesome. Um, we have a training center down on Spring Street where we do tastings at 10 every single Friday. Uh, that's something that's open to the public. We just hang out, give away free coffee. Oh, right and on. Chill. Um, but Charleston Wine and Food is something that we've done for the past three Charleston Wine and Foods. Um, building community is a big part of what I personally am interested in. Um, and just, you know, hanging out, getting the people caffeinated nice. uh, to help them keep drinking all the wine. Love it. Um, but it's been a great time. Uh, this year's our first year in Culinary Village. 
Uh, we've got frozen coffee slushies slinging. Uh, no booze over here, but if you go across the way, there's some bourbon, uh, and it's absolutely delicious. Oh, so let's back up for a second. You said something about frozen coffee slushie. You lost me a slushie because I was already sold, but explain to me exactly what this is and how people can find this, whether they're here at Wine and Food or maybe they're listening after the fact. All right, so are you familiar with an Arnold Palmer? Arnold Palmer. I am yeah. familiar with the drink, not the man. Well, the man. No, I'm kidding. Oh, the man. Know, well, the man, only, unfortunately, no. You'll have to think of a different analogy. Yeah, only no beverages here. So it is actually a coffee version of that. So instead okay. of having tea, uh, it's basically a one-to-one -one ratio, coffee to lemonade. We throw some simple syrup in there to just make it that much more tasty. Uh, and then it is in a slushy machine. So, I mean, it's flying off the shelf right now. We are almost out of it. But if you are at Charleston Wine and Food, uh, you can find us in the pod cafe right next to the podcast booth. Uh, and we will be here for the rest of the day today and all day tomorrow. Love it. Okay, so it's a little bit of coffee, a little bit of lemonade, and you can get it right over here to my left at the Counter Culture booth. Sounds good. Sounds refreshing. Sounds like that pick-me-up you may be looking for right now. We're kind of uh, nearing that mid to late afternoon slump. Um, but there are tons of people here, and there is an energy, there's a vibrancy to the crowd, so you can tell that some people don't need that coffee pick-me-up, but I'm sure many here will benefit from that little injection of sugar and caffeine. Check it out at the Counterculture booth. Audrey, did you uh, found, are you the owner of Counterculture? I am not the owner of Counterculture. Okay. What, what, are, what so, is your role? And then remind me of your name. This is Christina. Christina and Audrey, what do you all do with, uh, at Counterculture? So I could not be the owner because our company is actually 28 years old. Um, wow. I would be running this company at like five years old, so it wasn't me. It was actually Brett Smith. Uh, and where are you all head when, where are you headquartered again? So our uh, roasting headquarters is in Durham, North Carolina, but I am based here in Charleston, and I have a training center on Spring Street. Very cool. Yeah, I am the regional manager and sales and account manager. Okay. So I'm the person that partners with uh, cafes, restaurants, and hotels, uh, and then I also train their staff teach them all they need to know about coffee so they can serve the general public. So tell me a little bit more about that training center on Spring Street, because I think a lot of people walk by it or bike by it or drive by it, and they see this cute little building, and they're sort of, like, intrigued, but they don't necessarily know how to, like, interface with it formally or informally. If I'm a uh, aspiring coffee maker or just someone who really enjoys coffee and or food and bev or the service industry, how can I get synced up and linked up with what you do over in that cool little training spot on Spring Street? Yeah, so over there, it is truly made for our wholesale partners. Um, okay. So baristas that are serving our coffee, um, bartenders, you know, all of those tastemakers around town. Uh, but, however, for the general public, we are open every single Friday oh, okay. at 10 a.m. Nice. And we do a little coffee tasting. We talk a lot about where the coffee is coming from. So you do get quite a bit of education just from hanging out. Uh, and then we also offer um, virtual uh, classes. If you are a subscriber, uh, you can get some of those for free. If you are not a coffee subscriber, uh, you can also pay for those classes. We have one for brewing at home. We have another one for espresso at home. So if you're not someone that's uh, behind a bar slinging espresso shots, but you uh, sling those espresso shots at, in the morning, at your own personal coffee bar in your home, 
uh, we also uh, will we'll teach some classes then too. That's awesome. Love it. Love uh, opportunities for the community to get engaged with coffee and food and wine and beer and whatnot. Uh, also love when the community has an opportunity to get engaged with people like Vinny, who's made his way back into the pod cafe. Uh, flamingo shirt and all. Vinny, uh, tell us about what you're sipping on now. Is that a different beverage than last time or is this something new? And if so, walk us through the flavor profile, if you would, and where you got it. I just came back because these seats are very comfy. So Vinny's using us for our couch, understood. Very comfy couch. We've we've got someone on deck as well. So in a moment, I'm going to uh, to ask my uh, fine and generous guests who have been very gracious with their time and their insider knowledge to uh, part and make their way outside the door of this podcast terranium, this pod cafe. But before I do that, I'd like to hear if there's any final parting words from Vinny, Christina, or Audrey that they'd like to leave us with, some wisdom, uh, some, some, some final notes of encouragement, or just any information they have about their company or their perspective on the day, or wine and food in general. We'd just love to hear any final uh, words from them. Looks like we've got uh, uh, Christina. Christina, yes. Um, So I actually met Audrey through Counterculture. I am a Counterculture account, so I don't technically work for them. Okay. And what's Um, your account? Who are are you? I am about to launch a food truck. Oh, very cool. What's it going to be called? It's called Daddy's. It's called Daddy's? Big purple truck. Okay. Can't miss it. Breakfast and espresso. Breakfast and espresso. Goes together like peanut butter and jelly. So where are we going to be able to find Daddy's, the food truck, not the parent? Well, probably both, actually. Hopefully, daddies uh, feel uh, inspired to patronize daddies. We the have food daddies truck. at daddies. Where do you think your food truck will be so that people who are listening to this uh, podcast episode or radio show later, sometime in the future, which is now the present for them, where are they going to find daddies rolling up to? Do you know yet, or are you still sort of in that exploratory stage? So, for the time being, um, starting at the end of the month, we'll be in West Ashley near nice. Bees Ferry and 17. Okay. Like I said, big purple truck, cannot miss it. Is that from where you, you're at? Do you live out there? Uh, I do live in West okay. Ashley. Okay, nice. Yep. So keeping uh, it hyper-local as Daddy's expands. Yes, 100%. And then hopefully we can eventually venture downtown. Talk to me about the name real quick before I let you all go. Just I hear a name like Daddy's Food Truck. I feel like there's something behind it, particularly when, you know, someone named Christina has founded the company. I, I feel like there's something to dig into there. I would love to hear about the Genesis story behind the name. Yes, so definitely a great story. Uh, My partner and I started this truck um, when we started dating three and a half years ago. His nickname was actually Daddy. Okay. I would refer to him as Daddy to my friends, mostly because he has a daughter, not because he's an (laughs) actual daddy, but it became a great joke, and obviously he loved it. Because he has a what? He has a daughter. So oh, he's okay. an actual dad. At first thought you said jogger. And I was like, is this a part of dad culture or yeah, garb that I'm jogger. not familiar with? Okay, he has a daughter. You know, he does wear joggers. so maybe He may also have a jogger. Thing. Okay. I don't want to put words uh, in your mouth, but okay. So but it yeah. all comes from this one gentleman whom you all refer to as daddy. Exactly. Got it. Well, I love it. I love seeing the partnerships, the collaboration. I love the fact that you all just popped in here. What today is about and what Charleston is about in many ways, I think, is community and spontaneity and serendipity. And I also love to, you know, meet new people and the fact that we've got a 
a, a cultural collision between counterculture coffee and a new upstart nascent stage business right here in town called Daddy's. Be sure to check it out. By the time this podcast is being released, you may be able to. Beast Ferry. Uh, that's just really cool, and it's what the day is all about. So thank you all for being here. Thanks for popping in. Vinny, Christina, Audrey, counterculture, Daddy's, and Pink Flamingo t-shirts. We love it all. We love to see it. We appreciate you all being here. And I got my next, my next guest, Tana Duke, on the dugout waiting to come in. So thank you all so much for being here. Cheers. Thank you. How's it going, folks? We're back with Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve, nominated for Best Local Radio Show on Charleston City Paper. Appreciate you all voting for that up to March 8th so we can win that. I would really appreciate the vote. We've been on air for about two years. In addition to being on your podcast streamer of choice, I'm sure you know, hopefully you know, probably you actually don't know. You can also find us on OHM Radio, that's OHM Radio 96.3 FM. Uh, where we're really happy and fortunate to be broadcast once every couple of weeks uh, on Monday at 12.30 p.m., that lunch drive time. Uh, On Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve, we talk with local business owners. So this is a product, a project, an initiative of Low Country Local First. I'm the Director of Economic Development in Low Country Local First. Um, We do this podcast on the side because LLF is all about shining a light on, uh, spotlighting, showcasing, supporting local independent businesses and business owners. Today at Charleston Wine and Food, we've been asked to be here on site to record our podcast and radio show so that we can do all that spotlighting and showcasing and supporting uh, directly to local restaurateurs, business owners, consumer packaged goods owners. We've got tons of companies and businesses and enterprises here today at Charleston Wine and Food 2023 at Riverfront Park, North Charleston. But we've also got tons of locally headquartered independent businesses in the food and bev and farmer and food purveyor space right here in Charleston and greater Charleston. We're super lucky and fortunate to have those folks here with us. Um, We've got folks out in the field as vendors with their booths and their exhibitions. And we've also got one of those business owners right here in the pod cafe booth with me right now. So I want to hand over the mic for a moment to Tana Dukes, who has one of the most buttoned up artisanal, cool-looking ranch brands I think I've ever seen. It just so happens, she also happens to be located right here in Charleston, South Carolina, or Greater Charleston. Uh, The company is called Genuine Ranch Dressing, uh, and she makes what I've heard to be, I haven't tried it myself, she just gave me a bottle, it looks absolutely phenomenal. It's it's cold right out of the fridge, I'm about to start drinking it, I think. I love ranch on pretty much anything, and maybe today I'll find out I love it alone, I don't know, we'll see point is I've heard amazing things about her company, her product, and her as an aspiring business entrepreneur and an established business owner as well. So uh, Tana, this is being recorded for 96.3 and LLF Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve. In addition to being amplified out to this captive audience that probably wishes they could just listen to the music rather than my voice, but I'm sure they'd love to hear your voice, Tana. So I want to hand over the mic to you. Tell me a little bit about who you are, what, what is your business all about, and how did you decide, you know what, I want to start making ranch dressing and selling it. 
Yeah, so my name is Tana Dukes. I um, am local to Charleston. My husband and I live on James Island and my two children. Um, so I started making ranch about six or seven years ago. Cool. Um, I was staying home with my daughter after she was born, and I've always loved ranch dressing. So as a kid, like, every time, I love buffets. As a child, I loved buffets because okay. I could have salad with ranch. All the salad right. I wanted. That's right. You could yes. dress up those health foods and you sort of like Trojan horse them into your body. Trojan horse those nutrients directly into your body, right? I, yes, exactly. Nothing healthy about it. It was just <laughs> rich right. in ranch. So that was my thing. I've always loved ranch, even when I was a child. Um, but I couldn't figure out why ranch was good in stores. Right. I mean, I'm in restaurants, but in right. stores, it was like I try every single one and they all tasted not great. Right. So you get at a restaurant. It's like, what What separates this out? What makes this so much more special, right? What is that next factor? So, so go on. How did yeah. you figure that out? Well, that probably came later um, okay. over okay. the years. Like, that wasn't what I set out to do. Okay. I think when I was home, staying home with her, I had spare time and I tried baking and I'm not a good baker. Okay. Um, and I was like, I was cooking through a cookbook and they had a ranch dressing recipe. And I was like, I never thought about making this myself. Sure. But I didn't love that recipe. So I just kept experimenting um, for a year. Like, I would have, like, several bowls and just keep, like, putting, I would put, like, okay, this one has three tablespoons of pepper. This one has this. And it was almost like a science experiment for a year. And then when I went back to work, I would take it to work every week and be like, what do you think of this one? What do you think of this one? And then it finally got down to, like, the best one, and people started ordering from me at work, like, every week. And so your taste testers were like your work colleagues at that point. And what yep. were you doing at that point uh, professionally, other than aspiring to be the best ranch dressing maker of all time? So after I stayed home with my daughter for a year and a half, I transitioned back to social work. So I, um, by, by trade, I'm a social worker. So during the day right now, I work for a Christian ministry, and I supervise our foster care program. So wow, I, awesome. I've worked in social work, um, and I have a cosmetology license. So I've done that on the side. Um, are you from Charleston originally, or are you from elsewhere? No, I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. Okay, when did you move to the Charleston area? And do you live in Charleston proper right now? I live on James Island. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, that's a long story. My husband lived in South Carolina, and we were dating long distance. And I was in Florida, and we eventually decided we wanted to move to Charleston. And after a bunch of different moves and situations, we ended up here. <laughs> Everyone's got their own Charleston story. A lot of people obviously are from Charleston. Generations go back in time, and they are, they are anchored and established here. But then there are many folks who are transplants, and I feel like just by nature of how many things are offered here and how rapidly the city's offerings and, uh, you know, uh, sort of like economy and culture is changing, everyone's route here is sort of circuitous. Some people sort of move here sight unseen, like myself and a buddy of mine. Others sort of end up here because of the emerging industries, whether it's tech or something else. Or folks think to themselves, like yourself, you know, I, uh, family is moving here. There's just some combination of factors that is that has caused me to wind up in Charleston. It is a huge food town. So we've got, we're lucky enough to have events like wine and food at Low Country Local First. We do the chef's potluck and eat, drink local month every year. There's no shortage of opportunities to get synced up with the local food system and the local restaurateur ecosystem. So having a ranch company or making ranch dressing sounds like this is a perfectly simpatico place for you to live right now. 
Is that correct? Well, I think so. Um, I think it's a great place to live. Um, I Are you doing like partnerships with other folks yet? I know you're still kind of early stage in the ranch it business. Is early. Uh, Have you thought about, well, how do I, am I going to kind of get this ranch into restaurants and I'll be one of those restaurants with the ranch that I thought tasted so good as a, as a child? Or are you thinking more, this is direct to consumer, maybe I'll have it on my website, maybe I'll sell it through third party, maybe I'll be in retail. Are you still kind of like I'm, navigating that process? I'm thinking all of the above. Okay, great. <laughs> in, in different ways. Um, I think myself as a person, I think your business is really, the heart of it is a lot about who you are and I'm about community, um, I love people. I love, like, I love where I am on James Island. I love being in that area. Like, I sold at a farmer's market on Friday night, and I love farmer's markets. Always have, because the people at them are just so culturally rich. They they represent yeah. who's in the area. Yeah. yeah, and so I do a lot of those. Very and curious to learn about new enterprises. Curious to learn. To curious to learn about new food enterprises, right? The sorts of people who are at farmers markets are inquisitive and willing to oh. take culinary risks and, and taste adventures, right? But more than that, it's just a lot of people are just in the area. Right. And it's local. It's, it's so these are potential long-term customers. Yeah. And it's their routine and they just were like, oh, we're going to try something new. Now I, we get a lot of tourists, but to me, it's a cool way to figure out the temperature of a place. Even when I travel like to Beaufort, I love going to their farmers markets. And so, um, and then it's a good test market right you get feedback and yeah. um and so that was why i started there but i'm in the process right now um with the department of agriculture um uh, i've turned all that stuff in i'm waiting on them to approve me and once they do i'll be able to um pivot to retail and actually like um offering at stores um so it is to, to wholesale restaurants if they would have it i mean most people tell me it's the best ranch they've ever had in their life so i'm sure your average restaurant who's selling Maybe if they're not selling something they made from scratch, would love it. Um, yeah, so all of the above, like I love said. Love it, love it. Uh, you, you obviously got some spring in your step and a whole lot of hustle. And if you are a restaurant owner or a head chef or a sous chef at one of the hundreds and hundreds of restaurants and cafes and lunch spots that we have here in greater Charleston, and you're listening in right now on 96.3 Ohm FM, this, of course, is being broadcast out after the fact. We are here in Charleston Wine and Food right now, but you may be listening to this uh, at a later date and time. And if you are, I've got Tana Dukes here, and she is the real deal. I am looking at a well-branded, ice-cold, delicious seeming, I've not tasted it yet, though I've heard amazing things from people who have, ranch dressing that, hey, she's looking at some point to get this into restaurants, get this into stores, and she's based right here locally. You love to work with local folks when you're looking to make those food partnerships, and so I highly recommend you get in touch with Tana Dukes. She has started the Genuine Ranch Dressing company and she makes some of the best ranch dressing around maybe some of the best ranch dressing you've ever had so tana it looks like based on the bottle here that you've given me and it, again it looks like a really complex delicious hearty ranch dressing i like the weight of my ranch dressing if i'm at least using that as a barometer it seems to me like this needs to be refrigerated talk to me you know yeah. as an early stage business owner like what do, you, what do you do about that if you're trying to get this to folks either delivering it to them or trying to get it onto shelves in a grocery store what do you do about a product that needs to be refrigerated it's, obviously there's some extra obstacles and hoops you've got to jump through there is I mean at regulatory it needs to be under 41 degrees um, so we refrigerate or keep it cold and then sell and we tell people I tell people it's like the grocery store you go pick up your milk and then you need to I'm not saying go straight home but you need to go home and put it in the refrigerator sure. so, so it does have it has barriers I think for shipping 
Um, right now, direct to consumer, it's pretty simple. Um, I've had talks with some local stores about um, being a pickup point with a refrigerator and then like, you know, for local, they sell local products and like getting it from there. Um, but I think it's what makes my my brand unique. Um, it's it's cold and it tastes like you, something you would get in a restaurant or many of my customers are like something I've never tasted before. And that is, um, it's, it's unique and it has extra stuff. Like if I'm shipping it to you, I do have to figure out those logistics. But for me, as a ranch enthusiast myself, I think it's worth it. Well, you're running a really tight ship and a very well-oiled machine already. And again, I know you're still sort of early stage, but you wouldn't know it by looking at this product and by speaking with you and learning a little bit more about your company. It looks like it was established 2017. So I hope for six more years and then six after that of success and upward trajectory. I will say Tana has been associated with Low Country Local First Community Business Academy, which is all about supporting early stage entrepreneurs or established entrepreneurs who are looking to further legitimize their company and build out and bolster and grow their, their local company in many ways, shapes, and forms. So I'm happy you were able to be a part of that program as one of our alums, our esteemed alums of that program. Um, that, of course, is the 12-week training program based out of a program out of Jersey City, New Jersey. This is Low Country Local First. My name is Steve Fletcher. We're chatting with Tana Dukes, and we're chatting with some other folks here as well on the grounds of Riverfront Park right here in sunny North Charleston, South Carolina. It's the second year we have done this in North Charleston, so we're super excited, proud, privileged to be here uh, chatting with folks who are leaders in very many ways of the local independent business uh, system, but also the food ecosystem. Man, there's so much cool stuff happening, and there has been for a very long time, but I feel like we are at this, like, Malcolm Gladwellian tipping point. I am looking out through these plasticine walls that they've put us in here at the Pod Cafe, and I'm seeing literally, I think, thousands and thousands of people patronizing and supporting hundreds and hundreds of uh, businesses and breweries and restaurants and food trucks, many of which are based right here in Charleston, South Carolina, or Charleston County, South Carolina, or farther afield. So we're super fortunate to have folks like Tana Dukes with us talking to us about their food products, their consumer packaged good products, their restaurants, their food trucks. If you're walking by right now, again, this is a product, a project of Low Country Local First. We are rebroadcast on OM 96.3 FM, which is the local community-oriented commercial-free radio station based right here in Charleston, South Carolina on Meeting Street. Tan, I'm not going to let you go yet. i got a few more questions for you. I want to learn a little bit more about you and your, uh, your business. So you're called Genuine Ranch Dressing Company. Are you going to stick with ranch or are you going to sort of uh, branch out from there? What do you think? As of right now, it is only ranch dressing varieties. Um, and nothing wrong with sticking with ranch. You, you, you do one thing right, and you can change the world, right? And, and ranch is one, one thing worth trying to perfect. So not trying to sway you one way or the other, just curious to, to know what's maybe on the horizon of genuine yeah. ranch dressing. Well, I have several different flavors. So that's the idea right now. So um, we have genuine ranch dressing varieties. So right now we've had, that's our original. Um, okay. We have a Chipotle that people have loved. Um, they've been like buying that one a lot from stores that's spicy and it has like, adobo peppers blended into it. Um, we have a sriracha ranch dressing. Wow. Um, and in the future, we'll be having a blue cheese ranch dressing come out that has blue cheese crumbles throughout it. Um, and then I'm hoping to get customer feedback soon and, you know, let them tell me, like, what, what's something that you want to see? Um, so we're not going to, like, stop. I'm hoping to, like, really um, 
have a different ranch dressing for every style of food. Really. Love it. For people who love the OG ranch dressing, I'm looking at your uh, kind of original skew here. This is the the uh, the OG ranch. It's got some incredible things in this. I don't want to you know share out any proprietary trade secrets, but I'm reading things like hot sauce on this ingredient list. I'm reading things like Chardonnay wine, mustard seed natural flavors, paprika. There's obviously going to be a little bit of kick to this ranch. Two questions for you. First of all, what makes ranch ranch, right? I mean, how can I call something ranch? Is there some sort of combination of base ingredients or starter ingredients that makes something ranch instead of something else? And then secondly, how did you make your ranch your ranch? Like, what goes into this? Uh, you, you mentioned earlier sort of pulling back on some ingredients based on feedback from friends and family and then amping up other ingredients. Like, what was that workshopping process like? Well, to answer your first question, if you look up the history of the Hidden Valley Ranch Company of when it first started, ranch was not a thing before these people started mixing it up and... Um, and then all of a sudden it became a flavor over the years. It's been like court cases and things like that. But, um, oh, interesting. I've looked that up, but. Oh, wow. Okay. If, if you ask, that's, a, that's a podcast for another time. I know. But if you, but if you ask me, I would say ranch is some base of a creamy base with herbs and it is just different. Any cooking show you watch somebody make, it's going to be different. So usually a dairy, like it's almost always dairy based. Sometimes, okay. people, but people be, have gone vegan and are doing all those things. That's the number one request I get from people is a dairy free option. Cause yours is currently dairy. It is. It is very dairy. It is. Uh, full fat buttermilk, it's sour cream, and it's um, Duke's mayonnaise, and that's the base. Um, but I think what makes mine special, at least I, I believe, um, are some things that I experimented with when I was staying home with my daughter. Okay. Um, hot sauce, um, mustard, some other things like dried herbs and spices, and just finding the exact blend, and I think it just came down to that being different, and that being what attracted to pe people to okay. it. Love it. And I got to ask the question, you just mentioned that the mayonnaise brand you use in this ranch is Duke's Mayonnaise. It is. I can't help but double click on the fact that your last name is Duke's. It is. Is there a connection? No. No. Okay. I, so, funny, I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. Duke's Mayonnaise was like not a thing there. And then I came to South Carolina and everybody talks about Duke's sure. Mayonnaise. So, Duke's is my married name and I got married about nine years ago. Okay. And it just happened to be that Duke's mayonnaise worked really, really well in this recipe. <laughs> <Right. Well, laughs> so shout out to Duke's mayonnaise. <laughs> well, I know there's a big, I'm originally from the Northeast, but I've spent almost a decade down here in the South and in, in beautiful South Carolina. And, uh, you know, I, I, from an outsider perspective looking in, uh, but albeit, uh, I think I have a, a good enough understanding. There is certainly a rivalry in many polarized teams when it comes to things like mayonnaise. You've got the Hellman squad, and then you've got the folks who will ride or die for Dukes, and I'm sure there's all combinations of the in-between as well, but it's kind of wild to see how people kind of join their own teams. Oh, they do. We talked about this, actually. I was at a farmer's market this morning on John's Island, and we had a long conversation about this. Like, one lady was like, oh, yeah, I'm Hellman's all the way. I grew up on Hellman's. Another person was like, oh, no, only give me Dukes. You know, it's <laughs> right, right. funny that mayonnaise, anything can create division. <laughs> is, is ranch a southern thing, or what, do you know regionally where ranch comes from? And this is something that I've figured out from customer feedback. Apparently, it's a very Midwestern thing. Midwestern, okay. I keep hearing that. Like, I have, actually, I recorded a lady last night. So I hear the same things over and over again, and people will say, oh, you know, I'm from the Midwest. You know I love ranch. And I've had people, like 20 people tell me that. 
I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> wow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I'd peg. I guess it makes sense. I mean, the Midwest is, I, you know, I say this lovingly because I have family out from the Midwest, but they're, they seem to be at the, uh, the, the, the kind of pioneer forefront of experimenting with what can or can't be put on kind of those traditional American, often fried foods. And I feel like ranch does a real good job. Maybe it's the salt, maybe it's the fat but sort of cutting at those, those fried foods and complimenting them. Um, talk to me about what people can put this ranch dressing on. I know we're just talking about ranch dressing, but frankly, I think it, it, it bears exploring. When you've got a food, there is almost an innumerable, endless number of ways to pair it or to sauce it or to dress it up. As you've walked around the grounds a little bit here today, what are some of the foods that this uh, locally made ranch dressing, which is called Genuine Ranch Dressing, what would you put on this ranch dressing as the maker of this fine ranch accoutrement? Well, of course, the first, th first thing I would say is salad. I told you I've been a salad bar okay. fan since I was a little child. Of course. Um, so salad, and I, I mean, I've been making it for six years. I've never tired of it. Um, so salad would be my first. Number one. Um, but like, for example, our Chipotle ranch or any of our ranches, great on tacos. Um, like, so Taco Nights, we did one, and then... Oh, Chipotle Ranch on tacos. Yeah, on tacos, Dang, on Or even shrimp. nachos, I bet. Yes, nachos, shrimp, fries. Like, if fries, if you've ever seen, like, with ranch and buffalo um, buffalo sauce and queso and all the, like, loaded fries. Yep. Great on that. Um, I've, done, I've done my regular ranch and scalloped potatoes. I mean, it's endless, honestly. It can go, pizza, you know, a lot of people love pizza. You can dip it in pizza. So many people put ranch on their pizza, right? Oh. Buffalo ranch, regular ranch. Absolutely. Now, for the foodies out there who like to make their own food as well, if you're applying a, a, a really luxury brand, kind of artisanal, a gourmet ranch dressing like this onto one of your favorite foods, you mentioned uh, a bunch of different ways that you can dress up your favorite foods. Are you always putting it on at the end stage, or are you ever actually, like, baking? You mentioned baking at the forefront of this conversation. Are you ever throwing this on something, like, before you throw it in the I oven? Have. I have. I've done a Parmesan-crusted chicken, like, Ooh. similar to the one that at Longhorn, and I've used my, my ranch, and it's great. And it bakes in the oven. Um, it's like a whole recipe. You can find it on Pinterest. Um, and you bake it, and I've done scalloped potatoes with cheese and ranch, and I've baked that. So it's, no, I think it can go into several. I've, um, some of my friends have done buffalo cheese dip, and they put it in there and baked it. Wow. Um, so it can, no, I mean, the options are honestly unlimited. <laughs> yeah. I think of something new probably every day. Well, my mouth is watering, and I'm sure people out there's mouths are watering as well. Uh, lucky for them, they have immediate access to more food because we're at Charleston Wine and Food 2023. Unlucky for me, I am in some sort of plastic prison, uh, and I need to stop complaining because actually it's very nice in here. There's a leather couch. There's plenty of seating, great airflow, and I can kind of look out on everybody, but at times I do feel like I'm inside of a Petri dish. Tana, thank you for being here with me. I'm going to let you go in a minute, but I do want to make sure we just double-click on who you are, what the product is, and how people can uh, patronize you in the product. So where can people find out more about this locally made ranch dressing? Yeah, the best place right now would be Instagram. So we're at at Genuine Ranch. So that's G -E -N -G -E -N -U -I -N -E Ranch okay. um, on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. Um, and that's where you can find, you know, where we're going to be every week, where we're going to be selling. Um, our website will be up very soon at okay. www.genuineranch.com. Okay. Um, and then email me um, at info at genuineranch.com. So... Okay, so InfoTana, if all else fails, make sure to InfoTana, very nice of you, giving out your email address, info at, uh, what'd you say it was? 
Genuine Ranch. Info at GenuineRanch.com. Look for the website, GenuineRanch.com. But if you're local, if you're a listener of 96.3 Ohm FM or you're listening to this LLF podcast, Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve, and you are from the greater Charleston area, you can check out Tana and her delicious ranch at a local farmer's market. Please reiterate for us, if you would, Tana, what some of those farmer's markets are that you go to to sell your ranch. Yeah, so once a month, we sell at the first Friday market on James Island. I'm local to James Island, so that's the first Friday of every month from 6 to 9. Okay. At the town of James Island. And then every other Saturday, we're at Sea Island's Farmer's Market on Johns Island, which is at the Charleston Collegiate School. Okay. Um, and then we'll, we do various events. So every once in a while, we'll, we'll be a vendor at a different event, and we might do one more market this year, but that's typically where we are right now. Love it. So we've got someone who lives on James Island who's checking out and selling her wares, her delicious, locally, artisanally crafted ranch dressing right at the farmer's market down the street. That's one of the newer farmer's markets for those farmer markets buffs out there. Uh, Really cool farmer's market. I drove by it the other day, James Island Farmer's Market, but there are tons of others. Sounds like the Sea Isle Farmer's Market um, is another place that you can get this delicious-looking ranch dressing. It's refrigerated, so you know it must be good. It's It's got wine citric acid it's got like mustard seeds there's hot sauce there's paprika the ingredient list is like a bunch it's super long but it's like almost all just really whole foods really you can tell high quality ingredients i'm super excited to slather this on pretty much anything i may uh full disclosure drink this bottle on my way home from charleston wine and food today uh not the sort of thing you usually say over a microphone to about 50 people uh or to a thousand people once this is rebroadcast on om 96.3 fm folks this is small talks big ideas with steve the charleston city paper best of nominated best local radio show we're appreciative we're fortunate we're privileged to be on 96.3 fm ohm that's ohm the commercial free radio station focused on bringing the community unadulterated unfettered local opinions local perspectives from local business owners local artists local creatives we're closing out my chapter my uh window today with tana dukes uh we're we're wrapping up here we really appreciate everybody who's on the pod cafe platform for being here with us again this is a product of Low Country Local First. It's called Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve. Thank you for being here. Charleston Wine and Food 2023. Man, there are so many people here. The weather is phenomenal. I'm going to hand it over to my guest for final words, Tana Dukes of Genuine Ranch Dressing Co. Uh, any, uh, any final words for the fans and for the people here in uh, attendance before we part ways today? Um, thank you for all you're doing. I love uh, Low Country Local First, and I love local and community, and try Genuine Ranch uh, if it's in a store or farmer's market near you soon. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Tana, and check out GenuineRanch.com or info at GenuineRanch.com. Shoot her an email if you are a restaurant owner or you're someone who needs some delicious locally made ranch uh, headed up by an individual who runs the company. is easy to get into contact with. Uh, Tana Dukes is your woman. She makes a delicious ranch dressing, and it's made right here in Charleston, South Carolina. Folks, thank you all for listening to Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve. Go get some more wine. Go get some more food because this is Charleston Wine and Food 2023. Take care.